We had to go hire someone to come on the show and talk baseball because Mr. Brown's still in his feelings over his Braves bowing out. So we got MLB All-Star Chris Hammond and he's .95 ERA season to talk ALCS and NLCS. And we asked the question, is the NFL rigged? This is the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. Stay tuned. Welcome, welcome back to the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. This is Chad the Mark with Canadian Biggie and Mr. Brown. We got it right this time. Feels good. Man, you know what feels good? I had to feel good to talk baseball with uh, Chris Hammond. I mentioned it in the pre-roll there. I know you're a little upset, but, uh, you know, we had to had to take the pressure off of you. I needed it this week. It was exactly seven days ago we did a show. And that's the night the Phillies knocked out the Braves for the second straight postseason. They didn't even and watch it. I didn't watch it that night because I was being a good host. I just put a room for, for another heartbreak with our hometown Mountaineers losing on a Hail Mary with, I believe, about 12 seconds to go. It was a cursed episode last So, week. yeah. So, you're welcome. You guys got to fill it with me, too. I just got it twice. <laughs> <laughs> he He was very adamant before we started the show that, we already talked baseball with Chris, so the interviews, it, he didn't want to talk baseball at all anymore. So last Thursday, Mr. Brown ran, managed to run uh, headfirst into a tree while also getting kicked in the nuts at the same time. Is that literal, or are you just talking about the pain? Because I could see that's that the pain. We're out here in the woods, it's dark. We I, just, I, fe- I felt like it really happened, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, I, fe- I feel for you. But, uh, Biggie, we just wa- I just want to ask you, because you didn't do the interview with us, do you have a, a favorite for the remainder of the playoffs? Do you have an ALNL prediction you want to give us? I know we're watching the Strohs and the Rangers 3-1 here. What inning is it? It's I only the, it's first, only the, uh, it's only the second. my prediction first? It's only the second inning? He didn't ask you what your I prediction my first? Was. I guess. Pain. <laughs> for me. It is. My rooting preference is, uh, a promise. is the Rangers. I love Bruce Bochy. Some of the young players they have on this team. Each of these teams being competitors, the Mariners, I'm supposed to hate, but I can't. I love Dusty. They got their thing last year. Uh, The Phillies are winning the World Series. Citizens Bank is actually the only home field in Major League Baseball that's actually a home field advantage. Bryce Harper is a Philly through and through with the hair and the beard and the throat slash and the overtop stuff. Blue collar. Phillies are going to win the World Series this year. Red collar with all that bleeding throats. I don't know. Right. Did, did you see? I said, asked Chris on the uh, interview. Did you see the always sunny crowd showed up at the Phillies game? I did see that. That's good shit, man. It you got to get excited for that. So can we uh, change subjects? I know he's ready. He's They're ready. Can we mics. talk about our heartbreak that we had last week with the Mountaineers losing Let, that let's stupid ass? Let's go. I'm comfortable with that, that stupid ass hail mary. I, I mean, you know what sucks about that? Fourth and ten, they hit the play. Garrett Green touchdown. We're jumping around, hugging each other. Yeah. And we see a flag on the field. And it's a celebration penalty. We look at each thing. other and we're me like, and, uh. Me and Mongo were playing NBA Jam, <laughs> not paying a damn bit of attention. You're like, the game's over. All of a sudden, we turn around because y'all are going nuts. We stopped our game. I think one of us got a, a win by default because we don't even know where we were playing. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, we give it away again in 12 seconds. I'm like. I may be lost in NBA Jam game for this. I know. And I do miss Mongo this evening. Uh, it's sad he's not here. He has been getting much better at NBA Jam. Yeah, yeah. He's been putting in the work. He's still not great. 
but he, he can win a game now. He's serviceable now. Yeah, it's not like uh, he's not the last kid always going to be picked in dodgeball. Yeah. You know the crazy thing about hey, that and that's game? how I pictured him in school, to be honest. <laughs> I'm just saying. About that game and the game we have upcoming against Oklahoma State, uh, halfway through the season, two teams are playing that have both lost on a Hail Mary this year. Well, oh. it's that type of season. Yeah. Hopefully we bounce back, but yeah, the, the highs and lows there, and you know what sucks is typically the day after that, you're so down and deflated, but as a WVU fan, whole season we're like, how? Oh, when's a gut punch him? When's a gut punch? When's a gut punch coming? And we lose, and it's not that we lost on a Hail Mary, it was to a crappy Houston team with Dana as the coach. Yeah, it was salt in the open wound. But all right, so I guess let's give a rundown. We got a lot of stuff to talk about today, and I, I'm not sure where you guys want to go first, but I mean, we got a lot of NFL conversation. Uh, I, I did uh, want to ask a little bit about uh, Caleb Williams, that, that stuff going on with him wanting to own part of a team. We got uh, we did our NBA draft. Uh, we were down here doing our fantasy draft Saturday. You and went with the all-long-shot team. What do you got? Uh, Zion, AD, a bunch of guys who probably aren't going to play a whole yeah, lot of games. But, you know, there's gonna if you catch me on the wrong week, though, pal, I might be unbeatable, but that's going to be uh, twice a year. And it's probably going to be in October, November. What is that noise? Diesel, baby. Holy crap. It's yeah. a loud diesel. Diesel story. power. Man. All right. So <laughs> I'm going to say this because I appreciate the fact that you just jumped in because I needed a body. Because, like, you have a hard time talking NBA. I don't follow it at so all. I must say, like, listen, dude, it's online. You'll be fine. And we're doing it. And. Like you're dropping names and you're telling you why you draft them and it, so you was involved and I think Zion is going to make you or break you, but let's get to the real steal of the draft and talk about Russ Westbrook. So last time I played, last time I played fantasy basketball with you guys, I didn't play last year. I had Russ and I hated him. He was so bad. No, I've owned him like several seasons throughout fantasy, and guess what? He always is like a 150 to 200 player. Which is trash where you draft him. But this year, it's, it's going to be, be different. An, it's going to be an anomaly. Why? Of his career on basketball reference. What, what do you mean? Explain. Well, so Lakers, he don't fit in. You have LeBron, that was clear. LeBron can't shoot. You know, AD can shoot, but not good enough. They had zero shooters. They trade him to the Clippers. Low key move before the playoffs last year. The Clippers actually surged after this trade down the stretch last year. Now they get a full season with him. He's got Paul George, which I know who always gets hurt. He's on the court. He stretches the floor. If Kawhi, weird laugh, Leonard is on the floor, he stretches the floor. But guess what? That's what Russ doesn't do. So they're complementing each other perfectly. And even when they miss their games, Russ is not opposed to go Mr. Triple-Double and carry the team for a 10-game stretch if need be. See, what Russ had fell in love with after he left OKC was that three ball, and he just doesn't shoot it very well. And it got glorified or magnified, however you want to say it, when he went to the Lakers because nobody can shoot the ball there. They expected him to be a spot-up shooter. When he went to the Clippers, he quit shooting the long ball, and he's just been a demon on the boards. And uh, the second half of last year, as, as far as fantasy numbers go, he was a pretty good player. But he was getting them boards and pushing that tone and the pace with the fast break. And even if he is shooting threes, he's still yeah. a good fantasy player. He yeah. gets you points, rebounds, assists, steals. He plays every game. So he's not Westbrook anymore. He's more valuable than that. He could crack top 100 this year. Oh. 
I, with that spacing on the floor. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Write it down. <laughs> Nobody's going to watch the regular NBA season anyway. The fantasy masters out there will pay attention. Uh, I write guess. It, write it down. Are, who's your um, – nah, I don't even want to talk about that. Never mind. What? I was just going to ask. We talked a little bit last week, but when does the season start? It starts this week, right? No. Like this Wednesday. Next Wednesday? No, Next like, Wednesday. Like six days from now. October 25th, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, right. I mean, we got – so, it'll start, but we can talk about, like, season predictions and stuff like that. But yeah. I, I didn't know if you guys had thought enough ahead as far – like, is there anything to watch out for? Give me a reason to watch the NBA. I, I guess I was going to ask you if you want to make predictions on the finals and all that. We can no, do that next no, week. No, we're not doing that today. But I want to know – like, you tell me, what, why should I watch outside of being in fantasy – basketball and trying to win a little bit of scratch. What is it about the NBA regular season that I should tune in and see? So, for me, it's the fact that Dame is now in Milwaukee with uh, Giannis because we've been hearing about Dame leaving Portland for about half a decade now. Well, he finally left. He's in Milwaukee, which is probably one of the best case scenario fits for him. He's never going to play in a big city. And he's playing with Giannis and uh, Chris Middleton, who – is going to be back to 100% this year where he wasn't last year after the injury. I mean, Milwaukee is going to run away with the East this year, and it's going to be a clear number one in the East is Milwaukee. So Milwaukee is going to be must-see NBA basketball, and they're going to be putting out the effort every night. So let me be clear, though. This is how much I think of Dane because I love Giannis and Dane both, but like this is like 1-1-A stuff here. And he's never had that kind of Batman and – or I'm sorry, Superman – and Batman, because neither one of them is a Robin, I can tell you that. I like where you're going there. Milwaukee stays healthy. They should run away with the East. Philadelphia's taking a step back this year. Who knows where Harden's going to end up. He's still a Philadelphia 76er, but he's currently in Houston. He's not attending training camp. He wants to get traded to the Clippers, but they don't want to give up anything to get him. And they know they don't need to because Daryl Morey doesn't really have an intent on trading him. When I look at the West, that's where it's at for me. I see two teams, and I really want to see them in the Western Conference Finals. I'd like to see the Nuggets with the run they're on continue healthy. Oh, last year, you want to see a Nuggy dynasty? Jamal Murray stayed healthy the entire year and it made a huge difference in their it team. Did. The Joker isn't going anywhere as far as MVP candidate and best player in the league. The other team that I like to get into that spot, I love the trade they made to add a little bit of death to the Phoenix Suns. Bradley Bill, Devin Booker, I- KD. I hear, I hear you, but I started paying attention to one thing. I don't even care about the Suns now. I'm just envisioning Giannis and Jokic. The, the NBA cla- Finals. Yeah, just think about the clash of styles there. That's, it's a great, that's a great series in itself, but it's not a big market. But I, that's what I want to see. Yeah, I don't know. Give me that for the next three years for the Finals. I'll watch it every time. Is the, is the NBA rigged at all? No, let's not. Did even you get really into that. just ask that? Yeah, don't I'm, even get into that. I, you, I'm just asking. Just do you it's think controlled it is? by China? China? Yeah. Do you believe? Well, do you, you believe in the frozen? We're not getting into, into it. it. We don't have time for that. Do time. you believe in the frozen envelope theory? Yeah, with Patrick Ewing back in the day. Yeah, David Stern ran a different league than Adam Silver does. I'm just asking. I, I miss old David Stern. God rest his soul, because he is the man, and Adam Silver sucks a little bit of. Uh, <laughs> China, China, <laughs> China. <laughs> did I? Did you ever see or hear the episode of the Jim Rome show when David Stern was on there and they got into it? And I don't think he ever interviewed him again after that. Yeah, 
He's played that a few times since. He then. was asking him about conspiracy theories in the NBA, and David was like, "I'm just trying to talk about the playoffs." And he's like, "Come on, David. We all know. We all want to know. Was that envelope frozen?" And David Stern's answer was, "I don't know, Jim. Are you still beating your wife?" Oh, he really said that. He, he, did. Yes. he did. Yes. And then, oh. like, so everybody was thinking, like, Jim's beating his wife, but it was just that it's that way to kill an argument. Bro, you got to put a real out for that. That's uh, that's good stuff. I need to find that. Yeah, do I, that. I, I can uh, I can put some pictures. That's tomorrow's. Uh, that's my project. Chat. That's my TikTok challenge tomorrow. But we have uh, a lot of. NFL to get to, but let's go ahead and cut away. We'll we'll swing it over to our interview with Chris Hammond. And and how do you how did you get to know Chris? Uh, through the baseball group. Um, but like he's one of the most genuine dudes I've talked to. And after talking to all these guys, he's just down to earth. Like even going through the divorce and stuff, man, he'd message me and be like, Hey, here's some tips, you know, yada yada yada. And like but it's really bonded over the last couple of years. Yeah, it seems like a genuine dude. He he was taking a break between pickleball. Yeah. Which uh man, that thing's like wildfire. No, it's it's gone crazy. Have you played yet? Never. But have I've you seen played it. Biggie? I have not. I think they got they got courts over in Nitro right down the road. Yeah, you can rent them for like twenty bucks for a half hour or hour. Oh, you gotta pay for them? Those ones where they built the new pool? Yeah. Yeah, you can get like a membership what? for those courts. Is yeah, that common? Is that you have to pay for pickleball courts wherever you go? Well, I'm assuming that it's a white people, upper white people rich thing. So probably. Think of it as like golf, Chad. It is probably like golf. You probably got to get the right pickleball gloves and the right like ankle support socks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Think about it. See, pickleball, pickleball is for the upper middle class type white person whereas frisbee golf is for all of us because mm. you buy your disc and go it's free yeah. i can't say i've ever done frisbee golf in the middle of the woods i haven't either but they have one right down the road dude they got one at uh wine cellar yeah so up in dunbar you, i'm telling you right now chad if you do get to switch jobs and you have weekends off yeah let's go to wine cellar do some yeah. frisbee golf and I'm throw down. out some uh, fishing poles. Hell yeah! Maybe we can like just sit the poles there and see how much we can just like we can do like long drive competitions. Absolutely. Uh, I, I was at uh, one of the sports stores at Dunham's that, down the road. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And they have like a whole aisle dedicated to disc golf. Oh, disc golf! When you get really into it, like a couple guys I work with are, they got a backpack with discs in them. You got what? putters, you got mid range, you got something to tee off with. They're different weights, different sizes. You throw them different directions. I guess. It's like a golf bag, right? That's incredible. That is just crazy. You think about it, you buy the discs, it's free to go and it's great exercise. I just wanna I just wanna hit one of them ringers. One think time, about it. It's like hiking. It's like hiking with a purpose. That's all it is. <laughs> Isn't hiking a purpose too? No, I mean, but like it's a, that makes it a sport. It's competitive hiking. Hiking yeah. is a call. That's all it is, is competitive hiking. Mm-hmm. Did you see that uh did you look at that one thing I sent you the other day? Probably not. Where no, you go you to? Uh, I know you like going up to Seneca and I did Spruce see Knob. I, I, there's no way in hell I would walk across an Indiana Jones bridge. I Are didn't you crazy? know. I didn't you know, know there's alligators down there. I didn't know it was West Virginia first. I started looking at it, and they said they said it was in uh, that, was, that was India. That was crazy. It's uh, this trail you can do, and it's one of them 
like rope bridges that have the yeah, wooden. I've seen it. It's on West Virginia tourism. It's on the other side of Seneca I Rocks. I think I sent him the same thing because I follow West Virginia tourism, so I see all this stuff. Uh, of course, you see the same. You saw the feed the same time. We I both did. sent it to him, and you he didn't what, look at it either time. Maybe, how about this? You just plan a trip and tell me, brother, we're going. Have fun, and I'll be like, I'm with you. I did see you can't latch you onto the side of the bridge. They they do secure you, so if you fall, you know, I guess you, I won't, you won't fall that one. You guys join me. You get the sticker. We do the walk underneath the New River Gorge Bridge. I'm good. No, I'm good with that. This Saturday's Bridge Day. I'm going to be there. Uh, I'm are probably really? going to go live. That's awesome. I can't go. We have a chorus concert. Yeah. But uh, that so, that's I, I, that kills me because I've never been to Bridge I'm going to do a little research unless you already know because you got to have – there's no rookies that's allowed to do this. you got to have so many minimum jumps. Like, the, oh, to do the launch. To even, to even go off the bridge. Yeah, they do the launch on the top, which is pretty sweet. When you walk the bridge underneath, there's like I think it was eight spots that are marked out. Those eight spots were guys um, base jump off of that, off down. the bottom, like so they don't have to close the bridge to traffic or something. And then there's another spot underneath where they rappel down. So some pretty cool stuff. Yeah, last time I went hiking out there, there was rock climbers everywhere, man. It's it's insane. Ever since well, they made it a national, national park. National park now, baby. It's crazy. And if anybody's never seen it, they need to go see it. I bet the food truck scene will be amazing. Well, there's going to be 200 vendors there Saturday. So here's what's weird. So everybody's ever seen a fall uh, foliage in West Virginia. The plan for me and the kids was to go up through Hawk's Nest and Babcock. Babcock uh, State Park. It's going to be crowded. And then I come to find out that it's bridge day, so now it's probably going to be, I'm going to go up 60 and then catch bridge day, and that's all we're going to do that day. That's, I hope you have a fantastic time. It should be super crowded, but hopefully not too crowded. Is it going to rain? Is it going to be all right? Or? There's rain in the forecast. I heard rain for tomorrow, good Saturday. Did you see the one last year when the one dude jumped off? And his chute opened, and then the other guy jumped off, and he landed in his chute at first. And then, the, of course, you know, our amateur cameraman, you couldn't really see what happened. But I guess they landed safely. Yeah. But it was wild because it's not – it's far, but it's not so, – So it was like a point break scene where they jump yes. out of the airplane. Yeah. <laughs> very, very clumsily yeah. done. Uh, they survived, but barely. <laughs> Correct. Uh, all right, well, like that, when you're on the middle of the bridge going underneath, you're 851 feet above the gorge, okay? And when we did the walk, so yeah. when you're above that, you're probably another, what, 20 or 30 feet. So when these guys are getting thousand pull feet. it off, they're only 900 feet up. You can't go long before you pull the shoe, otherwise you're going to crash <laughs> into the rock. How far do you have to be to base jump? No idea. What's the minimum height? I'm going to research it before I go when I go live. I'm going to do it right now for you. You you ain't got time for that. Oh, wow. Uh, 185 feet? That's only off by 190 feet. Uh, They say planes typically, they try to, like soldiers, if they're parachuting them in, they try to do like 250 feet, so not very high. But I thought, I didn't think it'd be that low, to be honest with you. My God, that's like, you got to immediately just throw it out. I guess that's like them dudes that jump off the towers and the uh, buildings. They always do that. Like you see them running around like the Philippines or Indonesia, jumping off buildings and shit. I don't <laughs> know. I see that in movies all the time. It looks real cool. I don't know. So you're not jumping off the bridge, though. I'm not allowed to because you don't have enough jumps in you. You want to skydive though, don't you? I do. It's gonna happen in the next three years. They do it down uh, the road in Milton. I I'm, see just, I'm just telling you right now, in the next three years, if I'm not dead before then, I'm going. To, um, I'm jumping out of a plane. Mm. Tim McGraw says, pro. live like you were dying. 
All right, let's kick it over with uh, Chris there Hammond and the Texas, singer, Texas Rangers just tied it, it up. Tied up three to three. All right, here's Chris Hammond. Don't forget to follow us on all forms of social media, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. We'll keep bringing you new content wherever you get it. Special recognition to Mr. Brown's Labor of Love, a growing Facebook group, America's pastime for the love of baseball. There, hundreds of former big league players, umpires, managers, announcers, and writers interact with our fans to talk all things baseball. Make sure you find our other Facebook groups as well and give them a like, a follow, and a subscribe to We Don't Know Sports on all platforms. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Brown here. Greg has been in his feelings ever since the Braves had bowed out of the playoffs. So <laughs> it's hard to get him to talk baseball. So we thought maybe we had to call in and bring a little class to the show and, you know, maybe find one of the most legendary change-ups, former all-star, MLB great to me anyway. Chris Hammond, welcome to the show, Chris. You're going to be great for me today because I need you to help talk baseball because Greg just don't have it in him. Hey, I'm I'm here to help you out any 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 way I can. Mm. I, I'm gonna be honest. I've only watched one game since last week when the Braves got knocked out, but I really don't want to talk much about it. But what Chad left off is, uh, I'd like to know in history how many pitchers have had a sub one ERA in a season. Do you know the answer off the top of your head? I, I think it's five now. I <laughs> see. I said it was a short list, but I, I didn't know uh, with the inning qualifier yeah. how they looked at it, but. Yeah, that yeah, is when I when I did it, it was three. That's insane. Yeah. So so how did that did that feel any different? Like just when you're going out to the mound every every day in a season like that? Do you know you have it? Like is is it in your <laughs> veins like that? You have to have it. Hey. That's a whole damn season. Well, I, well, I mean, it was it was just like kind of like a dream, especially playing for the Braves at first, playing for Bobby Cox and and play, finally playing with with uh, Maddox and Smoltz and Glavin and Chipper and all those guys. But I mean, I, I, I took two and a half years off and then I came back to baseball and pitched a, uh, a full season in the minor leagues. And then I made the Braves team the next year. And so, I mean, I haven't pitched in the major leagues in, in three and a half years. And I was just like happy to be there. And, and I just took it in stride and, 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 and when it, to me, when it really hit, home i think we were in philadelphia and i was pitching the seventh or eighth inning every every win we had and smoltz came in and was going to give everybody a high five and he came to me and he goes i'm tired of this <laughs> and, it, it was, and, and i go oh my goodness i mean this is like this is like a dream mm. I mean, it is a, a, a once in a lifetime it's it's a, it's a very rare that season. same year is one of the years smoltz was closing correct Oh yeah, that was his first year. So you're in a bullpen with Smoltz. You're in there with, I believe, Remlinger, maybe. Yeah, Remlinger, Holmes. I mean, we had a bunch of misfits. It is. Yeah, yeah, I mean, when you look when you look back at it, I mean, Smoltz is really the the top guy, and you look at everybody else that kind of just fit filled in. Nobody had a, any like stellar bullpen career but we had one of the best bullpens in, in the history of the game. Uh, it definitely was. Now, now, where, where are you up to this evening? Is there a ballpark in the background there? I see all kinds of lights going on back here. I didn't know if uh, you might be doing anything baseball-related. 
and not baseball related, it's taking pickleball. Pickleball. <laughs> hey, it's taking over. It is. So are you are you a good pickleballer or is there a different no, name no. they say? I don't know. I don't I don't want to be I don't want to be a good at anything. I like <laughs> I enjoy playing, but I mean I do it mainly for exercise. Hey, that's that that's commendable. Nice. We can respect that. Well, have you been uh paying attention to the the playoffs much here? You've been you've watching the the series unfold here? I have because my oldest son, he's he's living at home now. He played three years of uh independent baseball and his season's over and he's he's gonna retire and but he he just loves watching it and 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 when he's watching it i'm watching it so i mean but but i'm i'm kind of like greg man when i mean i would have bet my house that the braves would at least made it to the world series yeah i mean so did everybody else there was was no there was nobody out there that that was going to stop that train so speaking of that so like it's changed so much from when you played the playoff format. I wanted to get your opinion on that from a pitcher's perspective, I guess. Um, but like, so now you have the Braves and the Dodgers, who are the two clearest best teams in baseball from the National League. They take a week off, and the Dodgers ran into the D backs. The Phillies have owned the Braves now for two playoffs in a row. I mean, do you feel like there needs to be a tweak, or is it just the fact that, you know, the Astros showed it can be done? I mean, what do you what do you what are your thoughts on the new format? Well, I mean, I think it needs to be something just because back in the day, I mean, you went you went from winning the division right into the playoffs. I mean, it was like Next I day. mean, <laughs> if you're yeah, if you're rolling, I mean, you keep rolling. And and but now, I mean, you got three to four to maybe five games days off, and and that's not good. I mean, I don't. When I played, I mean, being a starting pitcher or a relief pitcher, I didn't like days off. And to, to have five days before the playoffs start, and, and the and the team you're going to play is is hot as fire, like the Phillies are. I'm thinking, gosh. I mean, it's almost like you get penalized now. Like the teams that run away at their divisions, that's kind of coasted in September. It's almost like you you're going through the motions. Whereas the wild card teams have to stay in the pennant race, they have to stay sharp. They're scratching yeah. and they're clawing every day. Yeah, I mean they're, I mean just when you look at the Phillies. I mean they, I mean they had to fight and scratch just like you said. I mean to me they look like a stinking wild bulldog. <laughs> they, they, do. they do. I mean they're hey they're they're fighting and they're having fun doing it. I mean that's a great combination and and you look at the Braves. I mean, shoot, after after the All-Star break, I mean, it was like they were just coasting uh on a on a surfboard with with two foot waves. I mean, we're talking about a team, the Phillies, that's looking right now, honestly, as the favorite to win the World Series. And they finished <laughs> 14 games behind the Braves yeah. in the division. So my my personal opinion, and I know everybody has their own opinion, but to me, they're not going to take away teams from the playoffs because it's too much revenue. We know this. My opinion is if we already got six teams, why not add two more, make an eight in each league, one versus eight, and then the, the you have a reseed after each round where the, the clear team has the easiest path to the World Series because that 162 games to me should mean something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, as soon as you said that, I'm thinking, that's a great idea. 
Don't tell him, man, because he likes to say that's the only kind I have. No, 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 that's not true. <laughs> oh, but, but, uh, but so, I mean, hey, I I mean we were, we were talking about just the layoff and whatnot. And, you know, it's how much of it's a timing thing. Like, you can't simulate those real game experience. Like, if you're away right. from live pitches and swings that often, like, is that what it is? You just lose the timing? Well, I'm not, I'm not saying you're going to lose the timing. I mean, it's almost like you, you, you lose momentum. In the edge. And, and yeah, I mean, in that fire where you're, I mean, it's like coming off vacation. Do you know, like when you come come off vacation? Uh, that first a lot, day, a no. Of, <laughs> a lot of times I, I go, man, I need a vacation from a vacation. I bet you did after this past week, brother, man. That looked amazing. <laughs> that was, I mean, uh, Punta Cana Hard Rock is, is, a, is a place to be. Ah, you're down in the Dominican. Oh yeah, that's the first time I've been down there, and and that place probably, in my opinion, compares to no no place. Mm. Hey, real All quick, around. I know you got like a sweepstakes going on involving that. You want to tell our listeners about that real quick? Yeah, yeah, my 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 charity, uh, the Chris Hammond Youth Foundation. Uh, where I got my golf tournament on the on the sixth, and then uh, we have our auction on the fifth. And but but we the the little company that we're working for. They go, man, y'all need to do the golden ticket. And I go, man, what the, what is it? He goes, well, you get a, get a trip and, and, and give everybody opportunity to, to buy a ticket to win that trip. And, 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 and we, we decided to do the one of the hard rocks, the hard rock, uh, Los Cabos, Riviera Maya or Punta yeah. Cana. And you just pick which one you, if you win, which one you want to go to. And, and, uh, I mean, it's, 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 it's really turned out to be a great, great way to make money so how, how can they find it if they wanted to do it um just go on my on my facebook post or my instagram or whatever and we i, I made a video and uh i mean you can hit that link and just just sign up and and buy your ticket you can buy buy one for a hundred uh three for 250 or seven for 500 and and uh it's it's two people twenty five hundred dollar trip and all inclusive, and I mean, I I love those all inclusive because there's nothing to worry about. Absolutely. And you go on, hey, and you go on our our membership. And it's a, one of the highest memberships, and so you, you you can you can get your reservations taken care of, and I mean, dinner by the pool. I mean, it, it's just a, it's just the top top of the top of the I mean, top of the line. Uh, opportunity to to enjoy a great vacation and awesome. to help out a great cause don't tell him about all-inclusive because a couple of years ago he went to mexico all-inclusive and for whatever reason he wants to leave the site and go eat food out of the, the ground of a mayan village <laughs> and then he has like uh, uh what did you get a tapeworm i don't know i, I did uh and he lost like 60 pounds i come back a different person than, than i did I, when i left that's for sure I did the same thing about <laughs> 15 years. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta live in the moment. You, you gotta enjoy the culture and take it in. If that means getting off the resort a little bit, then, then that means getting off the resort. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a one-time thing right there. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I'll do it again, but no, we had a good time, but I, I look at the Dominican all the time. So how was the weather this time of year down there? Oh, it was, it was like 89, I mean, the water was perfect. I mean, the thing here here's here's the reason I I like the, the Punta Cana Hard Rock. 
I mean, the waves were perfect. I mean, big, huge waves, oh, the yeah. sand, perfect. I mean, the, we got like nine pools throughout the, the resort. I mean, I don't, I mean, I, I, if, if you'd gone, what else are you looking for? I go, nothing. Right. <laughs> that's, and that's, that's, that's hard to, Hey, yeah, that's, I mean, I was, I was a hundred percent satisfied. And that's, that's the reason I, I'm a big hard rock Punta Cana fan. Nice. All right, so let's jump into the uh, back to baseball and NLCS. So you've been watching it. You talked about the Phillies briefly. We just got breaking news that the Diamondbacks walked them off. They took game three from the Phillies. So the Phillies still have a 2-1 lead. Is it still the Phillies series, you think? I mean, I I, I, I mean, other than betting my house on the Braves, I mean, I'm, I, bet, I bet my house on the Phillies. The second mortgage is yes. on the Phillies yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't. I just don't think the Diamondbacks have have the fire in them. I mean, they. I mean, they they have a fight, but they don't have the fire. I feel like them knocking off the Dodgers was their World Series. <laughs> yeah. To be honest, they yeah. they weren't supposed to be here anyway. All right, so we got the yeah. Phillies. Let's say the Phillies are in the World Series. Bryce Harper. I mean. I, I don't know what you think of Bryce Harper, but to me, he's one of those guys any fan would want on their team because he plays with that right fire. You, you kept saying fire. That's the definition. And like right he there. is a gamer, man. And like the fact that he's playing first base this season because he can't throw and he looks good at first base. Just he's a yep. team player, man. Like any team would be lucky to have him. I'm saying that as a Braves fan, and it pains me, but it's the truth. <laughs> well, my opinion, I mean, when Bryce Harper came up. I was not a Bryce Harper fan, and 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 it's just like Acuna. I mean, this time two years ago, I mean, I mean, I'm thinking, man, he can kiss my butt. Yeah. <laughs> but but now both of them, I would want on both. I mean, my team to to go. I mean, just because they're you don't. I didn't hear Acuna Jr. say one word that was flashy this year. He, he and and same with Harper. I mean, they just go out. They've learned to go. I'm just going to show you what I can do. Harper ain't got to speak. He just got to go like this. <laughs> yeah. Or throw his yeah. helmet in yeah. the crowd. Yeah. I like that too. Hey, I'm, when, 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 when some guy does that, I mean, he's in the zone. Yeah, I agree. And when Harper's in the zone, I mean, you can, you can jump on his back if they pitch to him. Just walk his ass. That's what I, I kept saying. Over, over, over in the box score. Yeah. I'll, hey, I'll answer all the questions in the clubhouse. Why, why didn't you pitch to him? I mean, I mean, I'm not going to pitch to him. I mean, <laughs> unless I have to. Yeah. You can't have a negative .32 ERA if you pitch to him. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. All right. So, the Phillies are in. Um, we got a battle of two of the best, a matchup of two of the greatest managers together at the same time oh, yeah. with, with Dusty and Bruce. Have you had any dealings with uh, either one of those guys throughout your career? And what are your thoughts on those two guys? Well, I mean, I, I love both of them. I mean, and, and and they're not flashy. I mean, especially later in their careers. And, I mean, they just sit back and enjoy managing great teams and and, and, and shoot a, a, a two great managers like those two guys. I mean, managing the, the, the teams that they're playing, playing for. I mean, I mean, that's – that Astros could come back and, and win that series, but the, I mean, I'm putting my I'm putting my money on Texas. I mean, not they're 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 playing good right now. 
they did at the right time. They they they're kind of like Philly. They got a little hot yeah. late, but but Houston kind of stays hot. So I don't know. I think it still could go either way. But Houston, well, it could, it could. But but uh, I mean, I'm saying that because I don't like the, I don't like uh, Houston. <laughs> nobody does. I, I no. don't like I don't like Houston, but I love Dusty. So yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah, I, I was so big on Bruce Bochy when they brought him back to the Rangers because to me. Last year they went out, they got Seager, they got Simeon, and they paid they paid some money to get some position players. And then this year they got DeGrom. Of course, it didn't work out because he got hurt again, but they're putting the money on the field. And yeah. Bruce, I feel like when Bruce walks in the clubhouse, he demands the respect of the locker room. And, oh, yeah. Heck, yeah, he does. And, and he gets it. Yeah. So I mean, I, I played I played for him when I was with the San Diego Padres. And, and okay. I mean, he was a coach. I mean, he was a player's coach. And. I mean, and, and people people wanted to play for him. What year was that? Do you remember? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember that long. That uh, uh, was in two thousand five. Yeah, gotcha. Uh, but like to me, I, don't, I can't remember the last time we've had two thousand uh, game winners in the same series matched up against each other. Yeah, yeah. We need to yeah, we need I mean, to dive into that and yeah. see when the last time that's I, happened. That's that's huge. Oh yeah. But I feel like the Rangers, I'm with you. I like the Rangers in the series. They're up 2-1. They're um, down 3 nothing right now. Though. Well, I just – I like their offense. They are well represented at the All-Star game. Their pitching has been really good. I don't feel like throwing Scherzer game three was the right call. He hadn't pitched in a month. But I, I understand throwing him out there because you traded for him. Didn't work yeah. out. But, uh, I mean, I'm, Jordan Montgomery, I've said it time and time again, when they got him from the Cardinals – He's been lights out for them. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah, most definitely. But I, I, I feel like Scherzer had a lot, lot to do with that. Him going out there. <laughs> oh, absolutely. But uh, so let's say it's the Rangers and the Phillies. Uh, obviously, you're rooting for the Rangers, but uh, who do you really think is going to win? Yeah. Who do you got overall? Who's walking away with the the whole thing? I hate to say it. I mean, uh, don't say it. Uh, and I, and I, and I'm, and I'm. I, I'm not. I don't like hating to say it because I ran into a bunch of Phillies fans on on the <laughs> on my trip to Punta Cana, and I, I kind of they kind of rubbed off on me. So I'm, I'm thinking, oh. man, I, I think the Phillies are going to win it all. I mean, they, they were like great fans, and I'm mm. and uh, so I'm I'm gonna pull for the Phillies. Yeah, uh, I, it pains me to say that, Chris, and I, I think I'm gonna. I, <laughs> I think I think I'm gonna unfriend you on Facebook. Now. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't worry, Chris. I will still put your uh, socials up for our listeners oh, so they can oh. find the charity and all that. But uh, Greg can be better. It's yeah. fine. I, I, I'll give you this though: the Citizens Bank Park to me is a whole different dynamic with those home fans. That they are wild. They are. I mean, yeah. especially in this oh, yeah. post. God bless. It's like a football crowd. It's no wonder Santa Claus is. Scary. Oh yeah, I know. Did you see they had the always uh, sunny in Philadelphia cast out? <laughs> oh, they were at a game. Yeah, they were down there like twirling uh, shirts with the fanatic, and uh, yeah, they were. That place was already popped and, off. And the best mascot in baseball currently, the fanatic. So, uh, oh yeah, by far. I Do mean, you, he's not the San Diego chicken, but he's. No, good. yeah, that yeah, there ain't nobody gonna be the chicken. <laughs> what the what fanatic, about uh, the, the other? The other Philly mascot, Gritty. Gritty. You know what Gritty is? The <laughs> hockey one? Yeah, Chris knows what it is. No idea. He looks like a, a tweaked yeah, out I'll Grimace or something, but he's orange. Oh, wow. So that's the uh, 
Philadelphia who? Here, I'll, I'll pull What's it up. Hockey team. Yeah, the Flyers. Flyers. Sorry, the Flyers. I'm not a hockey guy at all. But uh, you said it's like Grimace? I don't know. Maybe. Gritty. Gritty. Let me see. I'm going to find a so picture. Are you going back to pickleball or are you done for the night? Oh, no. I'm, I'm about to play here in a, few, in a little bit. Oh no! Yeah, that thing's scary. Right. I mean, if you look, at, if you look out there. Every every court's full. <laughs> My God, man! Well, that's awesome. Well, we'll let you get to your exercise. We don't want to come between that, but we do appreciate you jumping on with us and and sharing oh, yeah. uh, some some Anytime. of that knowledge. We we definitely hey, appreciate it. I'm not I'm not putting any pressure on you guys, but I mean, it'd be great if y'all could set an example on on how to how to jump on my website and, and buy y'all a golden ticket. <laughs> hey, I'll probably uh, honestly, I'll probably get one. Now after I heard about Punta Cana, I mean, I'm, I, I might be I, down. I'll probably jump on there and get one. Hey. I'll just figure out which lady I'm going to take. Yeah, I heard that. <laughs> hey, and if you guys win, I'm going with y'all. Hell yeah, uh, you can't do that. Let's do it. You got to get the suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll, I'll get my own. I'll get my own my own ticket. That works. Let's go. Let's go. That's a hey, plan. I, I'll stay away from them Philly fans though. Oh yeah, yeah. But hey, but the ones that I ran into, they were like a little older, probably in their seventies, and they were like nice as nice as can be. Oh, I believe that. Yeah, they 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 are aged to yeah. that wisdom, yeah, so yeah. they're okay. They aged out of that out yeah. of that rat race. Yeah, exactly. They they're they're passionate watching at home, probably right, not right, not right. in the thick of it. Yeah. Oh yeah, they ain't getting I, in that zoo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chris, we'll let you go, brother. Thank you so much. We appreciate you uh, taking time out and uh, go go pickleball. Until next time. Until next time. Thanks, brother. See you guys. Bye-bye. Big Timber Brewery and Tap Room is located in the heart of Appalachia, Elkins, West Virginia. Their name pays homage to the surrounding forests and the industry that built the community. Big Timber makes beer we love and enjoy doing it, creating a product that we, our town, and our state can take pride in. What started as a dream became a reality in 2014 when their first keg went out the door. Their commitment to beer and community continues to grow stronger every day. Pick up a pack of Big Timber at your local store today. Jesus. I, the whole time we were, we were uh, letting the interview go, you are still talking about the outdoors. Oh, bitch. And Biggie, you said you're going too? You're, go, you're going down south? Going to the bridge day? Being the kids, I've never been before. I've always wanted to go. As the kids are getting older now, for my first time going to go with the kids, be pretty cool. I want to see guys get launched off the bridge, and then I'm a fat person. There's 200 <laughs> vendors there. I want to get some good food truck food. Yeah, and it's that time of year. If you love the changing collars, this is when you make a trip up that way. You're not wrong about any of that. All right, where do you want to go next, hey, Chad? You, yes. you know that when you don't work weekends, you have options like this? I'm, I'm trying to. Solve. Why, said, why do you shame me in that? Well, you stick it in twist. It, it's hard, you know. It's bad enough. I have to do that. You know. Now you got to remind me that I have to. I got to remind you of what you remind yourself. But of, I so am you off forget. this weekend. This nice. this weekend's all right. I think the Rangers are gonna. This is only the third inning. There's a lot happening in this game. Yeah, it's, it's back and forth. It's very very back and forth. But all right, so we got we got football. We have. I, I definitely want to talk a little bit of wrestling, but I feel like we can go football. right I want to get that. So NFL is a big thing. That's going to take a bigger piece of the pie, I think. But I want to start just college. Uh, Biggie, we don't do a good job like talking about the games upcoming. Well, this weekend we got a couple nice games. So who who are the nice games this week? 
Well, right now I'm drawing a complete blank. Oh, uh, <laughs> I just said Penn State, Ohio got, State at the shoe. That, that's a twelve o'clock game too. Why are yeah. all the Big Ten games? Oh, why are all the best ones always the twelve o'clock game? I don't know. It's I don't know if it's just geographical and that's the way it's always been. But the Fox noon kickoff might as well be the Big Twelve noon kickoff or the Big Ten noon it kickoff because their games are always at noon. I had a question for you in this game right here. Ryan Day at Ohio State. If they lose this game right here, I know they're always measured by how they do against Michigan. You lose this game, you continue down the path you have been with Michigan. All of a sudden, you're the third team in your division. I think Ryan Day's on the hot seat. You think so? I do. That quick? Yep. You're out of here. He's been there five years, hasn't won a national title. That program's going backwards from what Mm, they were with Urban Meyer. I guess. Is it just a play to get Urban Meyer back? Possibly. Where where were they saying he might go? Wasn't there a rumor? I thought that they had said that he was going to be a possible Michigan State. Uh, Michigan State. That's yeah. what it was. Because they fired old boy. Up Mel there. Tucker. What, what did he do again? He sexually harassed a bunch of people. Uh, oh, speaking of sexually harassed, we'll get back into college football, but I just wanted to ask, have you seen any? I sent you guys a couple times the Trevor Bauer woman that did the accusation. Yes. She's crazy. Yeah. I hate to sound like I might be victim shaming here, but they did dismiss the case because she was nutty. And like people were finding videos of like just her randomly, like at a concert, being a Karen and just a psycho. It's it's nuts. The internet's undefeated. Mm. Once you put it out there, it doesn't lose. I feel like there's a big game in the SEC too that I'm forgetting about. You got got, uh, the third Saturday in October. You know what that is? It's a big day for college football in the SEC. That's a certain rivalry. It always happens. And that. Alabama Auburn? No, that's got the end one of the up. year. Alabama, that's Tennessee. Alabama and uh Tennessee's going to Tuscaloosa. Oh, that's what I was thinking. That was a great game last year. Yeah. So that'll that'll be interesting. Alabama's a nine and a half point favorite at home there. I I, I feel like that'll be a very low scoring game. I do too. I don't think Tennessee's very good. Any, well, any they're, chi- they're like number sixteen. I know, but it's just uh, I don't, do you think Houston does anything against Texas? They are at Houston. I, I bet their tickets are more than three dollars this week. I uh, yeah. I mean, I think that Texas wins by 10, 14 points. Right. Duke and Florida State's a big matchup. That's the other one I was trying to think there's of. A, there's another big one, too. Duke you and know Florida why that State. Duke game's so big? Because their quarterback's projected as a top 10 pick. Yeah. Drake May. Well, you know who else is projected as a top 10 pick? Who's that? Caleb Williams. Ooh. So they're, they're playing Utah. So I, I really like that game. Do they bounce back? They do. But they, Here's the thing, though. They bounce back, and I think they get the W. Kyle Winningham's team has been fairly injured this year. He's done a great job to have Utah where they are. But Lincoln Riley, who you know I love, has no interest in defensive football. (laughs) That's why they lose games like that to Notre Dame, because he doesn't invest in the defense. That's why they go from up three tutties on Colorado to having to recover an onside kick. Uh, you're, You're not wrong. But, you know, how's it going to go when they get in the SEC, right? It's it's going to be fun. Well, they're going to the Big Ten. Uh, I thought you were, you're right. I'm sorry. SC Everybody else is getting, are going to they're Big getting, Ten. They're getting Oklahoma taxes. See, I can't keep track of this nonsense. It, it's it's baloney. Does anybody know what the score is on the Thursday night game right now? I think Last it, I saw it was 7-0 Jackson. I think it's 14-3 now. I just saw that a second ago, but I don't want to keep going back and forth from my notes. But So we all picked Jacksonville tonight, didn't we? We did. I think so. So, all right. So we're, we're doing good there. Speaking so, Chad, of, oh, go if ahead. Uh, Caleb Williams has a Heisman-type performance this week, does that certify him as owning part of the Bengals in four years? No. Well, so first of all, have you heard this story? Yeah, absolutely. That's, I'll put it in the notes. It's it's <laughs> bull, it's bullshit because it's against the rules. You can't do it. No. 
Like, did 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 he when say this? When I first this, saw did, the story, how did this I put get it, started? I, like, I put it in our NFL group. Mr. Brown threw it in the college group, and I had to verify that it had actually been said because it's illegal. So well, it's not illegal; it's just against the rules. True, it's only cheating if you get caught. But I guess the NFL does make laws. But it, it, why would anyone do that? Why would you put that out there as a college player? I don't know. I like somebody's not giving that young man good advice. That's just a bad look. I think that's just I don't know who's asking as a un, as a rookie. I want part of the team. What the hell? That really happened though. He really said that. Yeah. So the fact is, like, what what, what good's going to come of that? It just makes him look you're like only, a moron. You're only hurting your draft stock. Especially, <laughs> you're going to say that out after what just happened. So he's not winning the Heisman this year, right? Right. No chance. It's it's you're not winning it back to back anyway. After what just happened to you by Notre Dame, and you're going to say that? Like he would have to have a near flawless season for him to be able to win it a second time. Because I don't even care. So now. if he's not you, winning, you're going to say that comment after you just got your ass handed to you by Notre Dame. Yeah. What well, makes you better than any other quarterbacks came out the last 15 years? In NFL history, right? And now you want to be an owner, too? <laughs> you can't even beat Notre Dame. Who's down? This isn't freaking Rudy coming out of the tunnel. This isn't the traditional Notre Dame earned that NBC contract. You Did you see the uh, Notre Dame fan that got a cameo, a one-on-one, a selfie with Caleb Williams as he was coming off the field Saturday? Oh, yeah, I did. That was pretty I good. I did. He got he got stiff arm, didn't he? Yes. <laughs> so I, I I think I said like two weeks ago as a Raiders fan, I was like, I hope they tank for Caleb Williams. Now you're second guessing. I am. Like I will oh, come on now. You'll let anybody buy into that team. Brady owns some of it. Your owner <laughs> plays the slots at the airport. Let yeah. Caleb Williams have some of the team. I I'm so pissed off. I didn't jump ship from the Raiders and when they moved to Vegas because. I hate can't now. No, I hate what's going on, and there's nothing good about any of it. It's not doesn't really feel like a solid rebuild here, does I it? I feel like the guardians of baseball. <laughs> like no identity. There's no identity. Because we have no home field advantage now. Like mm. you have a few like Raider black hole knights, whatever you want to call them. They to just, me, the Raiders terrible. playing at home is like that Chargers game on Monday night against the Cowboys. That was like a Cowboys home game. You can't just move to a new city that is transient. I don't know what you're talking team. about. I saw very boisterous Chargers fans. I feel like y'all was like targeting me here in this she show. She was first a Vikings first fan. First you want to pick on me about my Braves, and now you're just beating me down as a Raiders fan. I mean, like, I don't. I feel like I'm going to need a timeout or something. I, I didn't mean thoughts. to. You, you, we were talking about Caleb Williams, and you brought the Raiders into it. Buddy, you teed it up. We just fall through. I mean, we're just, we agree with you. You can't get mad for agreeing with you. You're right about this. Yeah. And then it's brought back bad thoughts again. (laughs) We didn't initiate those particular conversations. I get it. I get it. it. So, so was the Chargers lady, is she real or is that a plant? She is, but she was first a Vikings lady. So I, I, I was trying to dig into this a little bit. So I got conflicting reports that one says she, or she has family in Minnesota. And then there's another one that says she has a son that played on a team called the Vikings, and that's why she has the jersey. I also saw that she was probably involved at the strip parlor where Bill Belichick got. I, I saw that, too. Or not Belichick, parlor. Robert Kraft. Bobby Kay. And Bobby Kay you know if Kraft's that, doing the Belichick's. No, no yeah. chance. Yeah. You're insane. Yeah, he's, what he's, makes you think he would ever? 
I wouldn't. Have. That's not his bag, baby. No, no. I think it is. Behind, <laughs> behind closed doors. No. I no, think it, he's exactly what you bag. get. He's exactly what you see. Yeah. He's uh, like the uh, Shania Twain who only has sex to reproduce. <laughs> he probably is. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. He's, uh, That's he's, a perfect analogy. I agree. You, you can't be fornicating and have that much energy and effort on football. I can't have sex and win Super Bowl. Did you ever see the episode of Seinfeld when George quit having sex and he became like superpowered intelligent? He was the smartest person in the world. Yeah, just because he became celibate. And I, that's, there's probably some truth to that. I think Belichick falls more on that side. But, I agree with that. But speaking I of Belichick, I got to ask you, Biggie, is he tarnishing the legacy here a little bit? This is a bad look for the Patriots right now. Uh, it's a rough season right now. They'll avoid a talent. What? Is happening and sucks is that Belichick, the coach, is still as good as he ever was, but Belichick, the GM, is still building his roster like he has the best player in the league at quarterback. Bro, and he's trying to build the back end the of legacy? it. Yes. It's already over. Well, Look what, at him. What do you mean it's over? They're the laughing stock of the NFL. They do a great job to score 11 points a game. Well, yeah, you're talking about in the present. I just meant like overall. Does the this, legacy's does over, it, Chad. It starts. So what does that mean? The legacy's over. Now, it's, now he's like the nothing. Oakland A's of baseball. Ah, I think he's been a little over dramatic here. He's extremely over dramatic. You want to say so the dynasty now. is over? I yes, irrelevant right is. now. That's but why to I say that being twenty five and twenty five, we're now twenty five and twenty seven since Brady retired, makes you a obsolete coach. Twenty five and twenty five, baby. You, you, I'm surprised it's that you're good. You're trying to spin that like you know that's what's a good funny, thing, a biggie. Come on, when bro. you set the bar so high. <laughs> that in three years, you're 500 with one playoff appearance, and it's is, over. We couldn't wait to kick him when he He's was down. Fine from yes. going to, like, Alabama to, like, I don't know. What do uh, they need to do? What do they need to do? Notre Dame. Well, <laughs> uh, they need to move on a quarterback, and then it's they also need to be healthy. Funny. The team's built off defense. Your best two defensive players, first-round pick, Christian Gonzalez. He was NFL Rookie of the Month. Matthew Judon's your highest-paid defensive player. He's also the best player on your defense. They're both out for the year. Since they've went out, the defense is a complete sham. Before that, it was least close competitive games. You drafted Mac Jones in the first round. He thought it was going to be a good fit, and he's just not the guy. I knew when the guy all along. Says the guy who's that the Raiders physique? fan. No, Give me some Jimmy G. No, you don't know what a quarterback looks like. Bro, <laughs> so you want, I didn't want Jimmy G. I was against that from the beginning. I didn't want no freaking Patriot like knockoff. Did you write a letter? I did. All right. Last quarterback you the had that was any good was, was Rich Gannon, and he didn't become good till he was thirty-seven. Yeah, that was the last That's an anomaly. That was the yeah. last good quarterback we ever had. And Rich I agree Gannon. 100%, but well, like, you listen. think about that. How many quarterbacks are that good once they get that old? Usually, you've had a run like before that. Rich Gannon, seriously, That's, is like thirty-five. No, but he was just a master of the short pass. But he was good at it. He was Mister Efficiency. He had Tim Brown and Jerry Rice. Yeah. He had John Gruden, Chucky Dude, calling those plays. James Jet, baby. Spider X, Y, Banana. You got, you got a 40-year-old Jerry Rice doing what he did on the Raiders as good as like some players wish they could do in their 30s. Jerry Rice is a freak. He is a freak. Because he, he wasn't – like he was a consistent worker. He changed his game just kind of like MJ did on, on an NFL level. What's crazy is is offensively fo- it does. And, but look at look at this. As offensively focused as the league is now, no one. I'm telling you right now, nobody 
is going to catch Jerry Rice's statistics. No one's going to play that long. There's no way. He was still a, a 1B type receiver in his 40s. That's what I'm saying. Both like, Tim Brown and Jerry Rice at those advanced ages were just ballers. Like, look, they couldn't get you over the top, but, man, they would break off that post or they'd break off that out route. I mean, they were – like, it was – no like, every game, 8 for 80, now, 9 Nick for 100. Nick would you to death, but it was consistent. And you're just – it's yeah. like they just wore you down. Who was a running back? Was it Charlie Garner? Yeah, that was his year. Charlie Garner. Man. He's telling you. See, when I think of what these receivers, like you were ago. just saying yeah. how long they played – I think a coach is like Belichick, Landry, Chuck Knoll. They have these great runs, but then a, a coach is only as good as his players. And they end so poorly. the end of their careers end up becoming, you know, where they as good as they were. When you look at the receivers, we're talking about Jerry Rice, but had Megatron not retired, would he not have broken some of those records? Uh, it's possible. Uh, he was so talented. But, but he was, what, 30? Yeah. But he still had a ways to go. The money's so good, nobody... Who's going to come along and grind like Jerry Rice did? I know, but like, isn't Megatron at like 10,000 receiving yards? Probably close. He I mean, left, he left pretty early. Yeah. I mean, what does Jerry Rice have? 23,000? I mean, it's, I don't know. I just, it's I don't know. Close. I don't see these receivers putting, like, Tyree Kill, who's amazing. Do you see him playing to the age of 35 or 36? I don't. I, I do. I do with him. He's a freak. You think so? I do. He's one of those dudes. Now, no, when I say that, if he wants to play that long, he will. If he don't, he'll leave. Well, that's what I'm saying. The money's right. so good now, they don't have the same incentive to get that one more contract. I agree with that, but I'm mean, like, he's got the talent to play that long. Yeah, if his legs hold up, you know what he wants his second career to be? Did you see that? Porn. Ooh. Wait, wait. wait. I was reading statistics. You stay focused there, son. What did you just say? This is breaking Why are news. we talking about porn on the, the podcast? Cheetah. Second career is going to be in porn. What he yeah. said that publicly. Him and Jimmy G, they're starting no, their own that, studio. That, <laughs> you're making, making that up. up. Biggie's making but that up. This is true. I know. The cheetah no. said that. I brought up Jimmy G because we say the power of. Porn. He just likes he to hang out with Jimmy G. He just likes to hang out with porn stars. I mean, don't get mad at Jimmy G for, for playing in Vegas, and he has a rewards program with the Bunny Ranch. Don't well, hate the player. He's already got a game. foot in the door for the industry. He'll introduce Tyree. No, exactly. He's got connections, is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. So Calvin Johnson is right behind the active receiver for yards right now. Do you know who the DeAndre Hopkins? It is DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, that, that's pretty good. Eleven thousand six seventy four. Calvin Johnson had eleven thousand six nineteen. Jerry Rice has twenty two thousand eight ninety five. But do you even look at DeAndre Hopkins? He's not. I want to say totally washed up, but his he's. He's close. And how old is he? 33? Close. He'd have to double his yardage. Yeah. It's just not happening. Close. It's not happening. And you think it should because the game is less physical now. It's built for guys to play long. I know, but it's, I don't know. It's that soft tissue stuff and everything. But, like, people were talking about Justin Jefferson. I'm like, look, amazing. But, like, what? how could you predict anyone having a 20-year career? It'd be trying to predict, like, that quarterback's going to play as long as Brady and you can't pick well, Aaron Rodgers. You got to pick like a rookie, CJ Stroud. No, you can't say that. The other part of it is that Jerry Rice, as great as he was, was really fucking lucky. You went from Joe Montana to Steve Young. I mean, that does help. And then you went to an offense ran by John Gruden. Like DeAndre Hopkins had how many different quarterbacks throwing the ball to him and he got to that point? I mean, 
I, I hear I hear what you're saying. I do too, man. Come on. You can't come make on. that leap. I don't think he is. I think he's just I think you're trying to accentuate Hopkins as being a good receiver, maybe better than what he might get credit for. Well, yeah, and I'm also trying to take a little bit away from Jerry Rice saying oh, that now he's when we talk about guys being in the right position. It depends who's throwing you the damn ball. Well, it, it does. But then again, think about how much they didn't pass back then. Right. And he was still catching 100 balls and over 1,000. Like, he was know. an anomaly, Biggie. His offense, the West Coast offense, the invention of Bill Walsh, was the team that changed that. The short pass game became the extension of the run game. They were the first team to do that. That's why his numbers were greater now. What I'm saying is that but the even at that era, as much as they threw the ball, it's not like they threw it like Dan Marino, the Dolphins, threw all over the place. My point being, you went from Hall of Fame quarterback to Hall of Fame quarterback. Give me one of these great wide receivers that plays 15 years. Put him on the Packers the last 15 years where you go from Bet Favre to Aaron Rodgers. Tell me what his numbers are if he's healthy. Oh, I mean, they wouldn't even know what a receiver was over there in Green Bay. <laughs> they don't draft skill players. No, yeah. Look at what Devontae Adams did you, just you for the know, two years with Aaron Rodgers. You know the Packers don't draft skill players, Biggie. They develop them. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> One man's trash is another man's trash. Exactly. I, I think the it, it's a lot about being fortunate. You know, it is. All football is. Like, we were making the conversations. Like, the Niners lost a game last week, and, and we'll talk about that later, but – you know, Brock Purdy, like, is he good or is he just beneficial uh, surroundings, you know? And Jerry Rice might have been a beneficial. But, man, you talk about maximizing your spot. He definitely did. Well, he did it to the nth degree. You look at his legendary workouts like no one was going to outwork Jerry Rice. I'm just trying to say as much work and effort as he put in, he also benefited from the offense and having two Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Like, I'll, I'll say this. The conversation a lot of people will say, like when they look at a Megatron or they look at Randy Moss, like you got Moss, right? Like that was a thing. And like, go find Jerry Rice Moss and people. You didn't have to because he got so damn open. And this is back when you could be more physical. He still broke him off. Like, go look at his long touchdowns. He blows people away. And it wasn't even about the uh, I'm going to go up and get it type thing. It was I'm that good at running whatever out you need me to run. And you're going to hit me in the chest and I'm going to catch it type thing. Yeah. That's what Jerry Rice did because he was an overperformer. He outworked everyone else. He did. I mean, it's – in football, you can have a lot of conversations about who's the best of this or best of that. But, you know, it, it's – I have a hard time still going away from Jerry Rice when you talk about best receiver of all time. It's, it's like people are great, but, like, Rice was just a different thing. Not just best receiver. You're talking about best player in the history of the game. What he scored 212 touchdowns. Yeah, he's scored. He's been in the end zone more than anybody else. Scored. I mean, yeah. as a receiver, you're absolutely right. Like a running back, you would think would have that. Yeah, so not a receiver. Talk about Tom Brady is the guy. Maybe it's still Jerry Rice. It might be. We put too much faith in quarterbacks, yeah. man. There you go. Because they get so much credit and so much blame for the teams. They really do. Success. They're the only position you can look up on a football reference and it has their win loss record. Yeah, they're like a starting pitcher in baseball. There's no middle linebacker that has that. And by the way, we got the bases loaded with Alvarez. Should we? We three, should three in the top of the. Fourth. I'm going to divert our attention just for a second because this. Uh, I mean, about, one out. He's about to hit this thing over the. So right is it? Is it what predicted? Is it going to be a hit, an out, or a uh, sack? You think it's going to be sack fly? Nah, I'm calling grand slam. Grand yeah. slam, man. You can cut the tension of the yes in the playoffs is about seventeen hundred. Chad, is that like all time or just this season? This series, no, it's this uh, playoff series. 
You look at that patch on his arm, oxyclean, eyes are clean, full eyes. And oh, there ooh. it is. Biggie caught oh, it. Oh, Biggie caught oh. it. Get out. Oh. oh. <laughs> Sack fly. <laughs> wow. Man. Biggie. Hey, Damn, I thought he had it. But Astros take the lead, four to three. That was, the fourth that was a hell of a Back time. you, Chad. All right. Let's keep talking to the uh. NFL. Uh, that's Give amazing. Plus we still have to hit a grand slam in this game. We still have know. runners on first and third, so we'll keep you posted. One hundred gamblers. <laughs> uh, did you see flag football is going to be an Olympic uh, sport? Yeah, that dude, gets, that gets me creamy. The the NFL is encouraging their players to participate in it. Tyreek Hill's all about it. Yeah, you see Tyreek Hill out there running against like uh, you know, uh, you know they were they're going to wear like this is what's going to happen. Everybody has these memes about these. Women out there playing volleyball on the beach. This is going to be them wearing these fruity fruit Larry Bird shirts, <laughs> and they're going to be out there playing flag football, showing off their physique. They're going to be. Could you imagine like USA versus Think about that versus Greece? I in said what I football. said. But you're going to have like this, <laughs> I heard you. this Greek school teacher out there trying to guard Tyree Kill, and he's going to blow his whole knee out. They don't have a big pipeline for flag football in these other countries, I'm guessing. I'm like, thank God for free insurance. <laughs> it's going to be like when Mark Bulger and guys in the NFL went and started doing curling. Like, that's, that's curling. the talent disparity. Yes. It's amazing. It's literally like John Candy and Cool Runnings. <laughs> it's exactly We're going right. to build a team here, guys. <laughs> uh, just don't copy the Swiss. Be yourself, Jamaica. Yes. Hey, I, Jamaica might have a good flag football team. Probably will. Uh, if you're good in you're track and field, you might have yes. a chance. Yes. All right, so what is your uh, biggest surprise and disappointment this far in the NFL season? So we are a third of the way in. I mean, obviously, my biggest disappointment is how Cincinnati started, but I feel like they're starting to get a little better. So I, I'm still holding to that. But my biggest surprise uh, it, it's not a huge one, I think, but I can't believe the Houston Texans are as competitive as they are. That one just jumps off the paper to me. I, I, I like that pick. C.J. Stroud looks like he's the real deal. Has he thrown an interception now? He did last week, didn't he? I don't he? know about that, but like you think about what he's doing already compared to Peyton Manning's rookie season. Oh, yeah. like He's way ahead of the curve. Texas looks good, and I hate to say I'm not going to say the Texans, because it's the dumbest it's the name Houston, ever. Houston, Texas. Yes. Houston, comma, Texas. Exactly. <laughs> my point is, they look good, and I agree with you. My pick is, we had all this hype about Aaron Rodgers in New York and uh, coming out of these dark rooms, and he gets hurt first play of whenever he played. Feels like so long ago. And guess what happens? Milf Hunter, Zach Wilson, steps a foot. He and is he him. leads these J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. To the promised land. Look at how much progress he's made this year. Is it just rubbing off from Aaron Rodgers? Did he need to see how he does his workouts? His he needed ayahuasca. How he just teaches his body. I'm telling you, Zach Wilson, since he hung out with Kelsey's mom, has been on fire, brother. He's in the zone. What? what <laughs> oh, you missed your grand slam by uh, one at-bats. Still seven to three. All right, you still got the runs. Yes. All right. So the so I'm going to go on the opposite side of this. I'm going to be a little bit more of a downer talking NFL surprises. Heavy downer. And 
all off season we heard how Sean Payton, Super Bowl head, oh, yeah, winning head coach, yeah. Hall of Fame head coach, was going to come into Denver. He was going to fix Russ. That defense was ready. Remember when they were going to get Aaron Rodgers last year? <laughs> That's why oh, they that had team to was ready racket. to win a championship. Well, they got a lot of the same players this year. They're what one and five. They're sellers. They're giving up 70 points. They're talking about firing Vance Joseph to bring in Rex Ryan midseason because the defense is so bad. To me, that's a shocker. I didn't expect them to make the playoffs, but I thought they'd be close to a 500 team, and they're as bad this year as they were last year with Nathaniel Hackett. I know why Biggie's so mad about this is because he's a huge Sean Payton. He was. I remember in the preseason. I I remember the preseason when we were making picks. I said I didn't think Denver was going to be very good, and you were like, "Oh, Sean Payton, like so." And I hear you. I just I never thought they had that much to begin with, and Russ really seemed to regress. And I feel like the damage that happened to him last year, it's still there. Bro, Russ is done. They're not even going to pay his contract next year. You watch and see. They, they'll be better off. Well, they, at least they cut him this year. They got eighty or eighty-five million in dead money, but that saves them like the other two hundred million they owe him. Who would trade for him? Nobody. nobody. There's, like, there's nobody that desperate. No. Nobody like Seattle's got to be smiling. Yeah, they made out like a bandit. They got like five picks for him. Is there a worse contract for a free agent that you can think of in recent memory? I, can't. I mean, it's bad. Like if Aaron Rodgers doesn't play again, you could say that one. But yeah, that ain't as bad though. So it's short term. So what was uh, that? Was your disappointment was the Broncos? The Broncos. The Broncos. So what's the most surprising? Well, I'm not. It's surprising, but it isn't, and it's the Detroit Lions. The way they finished last season, there was high expectations for them coming into this year, but when's the last time they actually lived up to those expectations? You look at the Niners being the clear-cut best team in the NFC, we say it's the Eagles after them, and then the Lions are right there, and on a given day, the Lions can play with either one of those teams. I feel like you could make an argument about the Lions possibly being the best team in the NFC, but I think it's the Niners, and I think Phillies too. But the gap between two and three is a lot smaller than what we expected. It, it, to be. it really is. But let's let's talk. Mr. Brown's taking a leak here. He's had a couple beverages, so I, I'll just kick it over to the the conversation at the beginning of the show when I did the pre roll. Was is the NFL rigged? And there's a couple of things that made people say that. We talked about the Chargers fan that that's a plant. Like that's the depths they're going to. But man, there was a lot of uh, games last week. I'll give you an example. We do our NFL picks. Make sure you check out the other episode this week. And Turbo Tommy is always in the in the bottom seller, the bottom part of the picks. But then, like last week, he pulls off this like thirteen and two or however many games there was, and just went on this tear. And I'm not trying to put any disrespect on you, Tommy, but I feel like that was just luck because the games were just so unpredictable. Do you know what Roger Goodell's career earnings are as a commissioner in the NFL? Oh, it's like over $50 million, isn't it? $700 million. You oh, know my, What? Do you know who the uh, highest paid player in the history of the NFL is in career earnings? It's Aaron Rodgers, three hundred and twenty-four, three hundred forty-two. Are you telling me Roger Goodell's worth $700 million? He has doubled him. I put this in the football group. This will be his career earnings when he retires after the latest deal that he signed. Now, wow. you know how you make $700 million? You make a product that everybody wants. When you look at the NFL, you guys talked NBA earlier, and you said, do we want to talk? It's Rick. Tim Gonahy got put down for it. Davis Turn put him out to pasture as the lone wolf and then burned all the evidence, just like our government likes to do anytime somebody's into a conspiracy. Tim Gonahy told you he was not the only one. If you're an experienced better, which I am, you don't bet <laughs> spreads in the NBA. Watch 
videos. The refs call it a certain way, sit the spread a certain way. In the NFL, the one thing that you can say if you want to talk about spreads being fixed a certain way with Vegas involved, holding is a 10-yard penalty. It should be a 5-yard penalty. You could Realistically, you can call it on so every you, single you play. you want it 5 on both sides of the ball, yep. which I agree. It makes sense. Why is it 5 and 10? You could use that right there penalty to influence how a flow of a game goes, Absolutely. whether or not a team gets a score. As far yeah, as being scripted to who wins the Super Bowl and stuff, no. The outcome or the spread in games – Yes, I could give you a couple different angles to show you how that gets manipulated. Now, until the last uh, deal where the NFL referees went back, back in the day in the 90s and early 2000s when we were kids, they also worked different jobs. Remember Ed Hockley, big old guns at Hockley? He was also a lawyer. Remember Tony Caritti? He ran a, uh, Caritti had a uh, cleaning business on the side. You know you're not on a timer. You can take a breath. They make 200,000 now, so the incentive to do that isn't the the same. (laughs) One beer. What was in that? I don't know. I'm just trying to point out that there are many different angles no, that you I'm can get together. You. And if you had a particular crew of guys, we're an NFL crew. We travel together. We get to know each other. So let me ask you this. The biggest one that you see all the time is everyone notices the Chiefs in these crunch time, clutch sit- situations. The referees always seem to come to play. Are you? Do you think? I mean, this is, is the NFL like encouraging this behavior? I think that the NFL has an emphasis on certain calls, and like until even, it becomes a glaring bullshit. issue, like you really think? Do I think that like Roger Goodell is saying, "Oh, oh, oh, I'm watching the game right now," and he calls down to the officials booth and tells them, "Hey, make sure the Chiefs get a first down here." No, I think they saw that Buffalo Wild Wings commercial all those years ago. Whenever yeah. like the, the fans just wanted overtime, and the sprinkler would like pop out of the field and trip somebody, right? Like Goodell pulling those levers. See, I want to be naive and think that it's like it's what it is. Um, That's me. I'm with. And then I see uh, Taylor Swift, and then I realize that the NFL, NFL would be stupid not to try to keep her in the ballpark because she's huge. They're attracting new fans, so that's why they're pushing flag football too. Like they're doing everything I, to be I'm international. You, the NFL knows it's in their best interest to have Taylor Swift in the picture. Yep. So said last year we until she this. breaks up with him. Last week we that had a discussion matter. about now international they hear about play. The lyrics. They want the product to be global. What would you say about when she came in? Travis Kelsey's jersey sales went up like seven hundred percent or yeah. something. Yeah, they're going to try and maximize every angle that they can, and they know this. I like Al Michaels though. Did you see that? What do you say? They asked him how come he didn't mention anything about Taylor Swift during the broadcast on Thursday. Yeah, he's like, I'm not here to cover Hollywood. I'm here to call the ball game. Al Michaels is a great one because he'd always say, and by the way, to hit the cover if you're down San Anita, we got the money. He would. He was one that would kind of tongue-in-cheek talk about spreads and stuff. He was always cognizant of that. I mean, he's a big gambler. Here's what's weird for me with Al Michaels. So I'm like probably 11 years old back in the old PC days. You're older than that. Huh? You're not 11. When I was 11. (laughs) Just making sure. All right. When I was a young boy. (laughs) Jesus Christ. <laughs> when I, what I was trying to say is is that back when I was around 11, 12 years old, Al Michaels even narrated an old PC baseball game. And he was like, welcome back to hardcore baseball. Wait. This P- is Al Michaels. You were playing on the hardcore computer? Hardcore baseball? PC. PC. Yeah. 
I mean, I could talk about Al Michaels and old ass video games all day, but we were talking about just the NFL being rigged and we were talking a little bit about the officials, but Mr. Brown, you're the one that put it in the notes. So what are your thoughts? So our group NFL's life, the toxic group. Yeah. It's so bad. hundred K in there now. And I was just basically saying that if you really think the NFL is rigged, why are you so invested in it still? Because like at that point, you're just like throwing your money away, right? And they're just like, they wanted to make the comparison. And I want you to elaborate on this. Well, it's just like wrestling. <laughs> you know, it's fake and you still watch it anyway. So what are your all's thoughts on this? Is that different? Because me, personally, we know wrestling's fake. We know it's staged. We know there's a script. No one's ever said that with the NFL. So you're thinking that your team is really as good as they are, right? If you're being innocent. So where are we at? You know, people used to think wrestling was real. I'll just start with that. The NFL is built for parity. If you look at the NFC East, I think there hasn't been the same team to win the division back-to-back years in like 20 years. The NFC South was like that for the year. You need to tell the Chicago Bears it's built for parity. Well, the bottom end is, stays the bottom end. Bad management, <laughs> bad ownership provide bad results. But the NFL, look, the Arizona Cardinals went to the Super Bowl with Kurt Warner. Like, after being nothing, a curve. Nah, you're was, right. It is parody. I'm not arguing. That. That's how the product. I was just built. being mean so, to the Bears. Like the, it's rigged sort of thing. No, it the whole system is built so that other than a couple teams at the top, there's new teams in the playoffs every year. If you look at baseball in the National League for the last ten years, or the, maybe the next ten years, five years, Braves, Dodgers. Phillies, you can name half the playoff teams before the season starts. Let's bring it back, baby. So, if it's not rigged, I need you to bring this home. Why do you watch? No, not even that. How does Vegas know how well to make the spreads? <laughs> Vegas is a That's city right with lights that never turn off. They don't. In the middle of a desert with a fountain that never shuts down. Built off the backs of people like me who think that I know that a two-and-a-half-point spread tells me which team I should bet yeah, on. Before you keep going, Vegas knows when to add that half. So how is Vegas that good? Well, well they just don't want the pushes. But they get it right. Vegas sets lines early in the week, and then depending on how the money comes in, they'll change the line a little bit. But Vegas has NFL insiders. They have NBA insiders. They know if a guy didn't practice Tuesday and Wednesday and he's really going to play or not going to play. They knew if Trevor Lawrence was going to play tonight. So I think it's like this. The players, they it's real to them. They're out there busting their ass. Man, there's a lot of money here. And I'd, I look, I, I've always wanted to think the best intentions were out there. I'm what, with you. 100%. Whether it's the world, the government. I want to be naive and just think, like, give me this freedom to think that it's true. Right. Does that like, make sense? Like. I, Make like, it I, real. I love where you're coming from there, but it's just like in the NBA. I don't want to see Gunn. the man behind the curtain. That's where I am. I want to believe it's just Oz. There's seeing the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> there's too much money to be made mm. for it to be completely on the up and up. This right? Hurts, this hurts me. Yeah, but there's something there. I just I don't know what it is because they're damn good at it. Yeah, they're too good. But it always which, happens, which leads me to believe. But that there is a higher power here. Here's the thing. This didn't just start it happening was me, in the last Austin. five years. It was me all along. Vegas has been doing <laughs> this for like 50 years. 
you think about it through the times we've done the spreads over the last three years, how many times has Vegas been that far off on a two and a half, three and a half point spread? Maybe instead of it being a three or four point game, it ended up being a six point game. Like how many parlays got screwed up? Not even because of the spread, just because everyone had the Niners as a lock. Like there's no way the Browns beat them without the Sean Watson. So you had two undefeated teams. Uh, the Eagles, they escape every week, I feel like. But the Niners have been destroying everybody every week. And they're like, Brock Purdy, he's not hes not a system quarterback. He is the quarterback that's like the Joe Montana of today's times. But guess what? The Browns' defense is nothing slouch about. I feel like I'm not surprised that the Eagles lost. Though. I can tell you that right now. You can make the case for it happening in reality. So do you think there was any foul play from league officials or anybody looking the other? I don't know. I mean, Here's the thing. There was foul play from the league officials. You're asking him to come up lame and not come back as well as Christian CMC? McCaffrey. Dude, uh, who yeah. thinks he ain't playing healthy all year long? Anybody who thinks that's me. nuts. You look healthy to me. He's the best running back outside of the dude in Miami. The only team in the league that I know for a fact that the refs have a hard on for and that they help win are the Kansas City Chiefs. They do. 27-20 against the Vikings, fourth down from the 30. Vikings chuck it into the end zone. A roughing the passer call to hit Kirk, helmets and Kirk Cousins in the helmet. Didn't throw the flag. You even breathe on a quarterback, it's a flag. They threw a pass interference flag in the end zone, but then they decided to pick it up saying the ball was tipped, which it wasn't. And they also had a helmet off. And when you looked at the oh, yeah, they told they him to, to put it back, put it back on. Here's the deal, How's that not a penalty? Vikings are like the Cubs of MLB because, like, they haven't won in like 50, 60 years. So until you win one, you get no credibility, just like the sad uh, Chicago Cubs. So to me, Vikings win one first, and then we will give a shit what you think. It's been hard it's, times. It's not about the Chiefs. It's about the Vikings suck so bad. <laughs> nah, I think it's about the Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> you think it's about the Chiefs, the Cubs, or the Vikings? I think it doesn't matter what you think. <laughs> he just wanted it's rigged. It's uh, twenty four to nine in the Thursday night game. By the way, so what was the spread on that? Wasn't the Saints a uh, uh, so the Saints, Saints lose were twenty four to nine? Yeah, and the Jags were on. They were a two point underdog. Underdog. Yeah, I mean again, like they're, they're trying to get you to put money. What well, we on said something. this afternoon, we were like, really? Yeah, we we're like hammer the Jags. Like to me, it should have well, been. a Jack should have been a three-point favorite going into New Orleans. On the road, yeah. Do you agree with that, baby? I that do, too. Spot? Well, we saw the game and couldn't figure the spread, and you said, well, Trevor Lawrence isn't yeah. sure tonight. And the last I had heard, he was playing, so I was surprised that the spread was that way. Maybe it's because so, he was uh, – If you were picking a spread for this game, what would you have picked it at? I would have took the Jags as a four-point road favorite because okay. what Vegas does four. is they Ooh. give the home team – They're covering. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They give the home team three. So, to you me, the reason ask I said now. the Jags as four is they're on the road. I thought they were a touchdown better because if you look at the Saints play this year, when they lose, they lose 20 to 13. I they don't that, lose Yeah, big. but he was adamant on the uh, – you, you said – Jags earlier. You said that Trevor Lawrence was questioning. He was. And I think that's what they – it, yeah. it turns out he seems to be fine. Yeah, he's fine. Yeah, he's fine. Mm. It's one of the easiest Thursday night games of the year. We we when we we no lone wolves on there. Yeah, that that was know. good. So we were talking plenty of wrestling throughout that. So oh. I want I want to tie it back to a couple of things that's going on. So uh, it was it was an odd week, and I think it's because like baseball playoffs are going on. Like wrestling companies were really trying to compete for good TV viewership. So NXT within the WWE universe, they had a couple of interesting things happen. They had 
uh, some big names show up, and one of them was The Undertaker, and you, you kind of caught a glimpse of that. Yeah, so you told me after I brought it to everybody's attention, was like, this is the Steiner boy. Yeah, Braun Breaker is Rick Steiner's son. So, like, you when you have a legacy like a Steiner brother, you use the name Steiner. Oh, so that pisses you off too, huh? Bro. That's stupid. They have one of so, the best belly-to-belly suplexes, one of the best tag teams ever. You can't tell me if your name's Steiner, you're not using that. Going he wrestles like his dad. He wrestles like that, but better. How many boys Dusty Rhodes have wrestling? Two. And you know that why? Because they used the last name. Yeah, right. And it was contentious there for a while. He had to just call himself Cody for a while because the WWE owns the last That's name right. Rhodes. Rick Flair had two kids that were in there. Well, his son ended up ODN, but Charlotte Is he dead Flair, now? Is his son dead? One, yeah. one of them. David? One, one of them um, is. No, it's right, not. It was right. the, the next one. Move on. Yeah, but anyway, you got Ashley or Charlotte, you know, that she, yeah. you know, they, they for a minute, but WWE was weird and they got into this thing where they just want everybody to go by one name, which I hate. Well, then you they know, played she, Natalia up because she was the niece of But the she's hearts. Neidhart. Why do you just yeah. call her Natalia? You can't no. call her Natalia Neidhart? Why she is that should, so hard? She should. And, but here's the thing. Dirty Dirk. I'm going to give both of them credit because she's a great wrestler. She's great in the ring as well as Charlotte Flair. They're both great. Yeah, they, they're like they're they, both legacies, but they both put in the work. They 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 made a name for themselves. Yeah, they so got like, by. You can tell watching them that they're as good as anybody. So the argument is like they don't want Braun Breaker, whatever his name is. They don't want him to only be there, or he doesn't want to be there because of who his dad and who his right, uncle is. Right, right. So he he cut this promo and he's out there going crazy, and all of a sudden he's like, "I'm the baddest. I'm the badass up in here in NXT. American and badass." And all of a sudden. The Undertaker comes rolling out. I didn't see the intro. On his Harley. Did they do the dead man walking? They or? did. And it, it was the Kid Rock. It was the Kid Rock, the yeah, American I Badass. I am American Badass. Yeah. <laughs> he comes riding around the ring, and he gets up in there, and he does his thing. And choke, great height on the choke slam. That's good shit. But, I mean, like, to me, Undertaker's good for that for the next five years. Just bring him out a couple times and let him choke, choke slam. slam somebody. Don't even do the tombstone. Just choke slam him to hell yeah. and walk off. And but it, I don't even care, care if he comes out as the Undertaker or the American Badass. Play him both up because he's an icon. Uh, speaking speaking of icons, yeah, Sting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he announced that he's hanging it up. He's going to have his last match. And like Sting, I don't know how old Sting is. Uh, Sixty at least. He, he's I think he's like sixty seven. So. You're, you're, no. th- <laughs> Chad, <laughs> might want to check your math there. <laughs> let me but, see. <laughs> All right. How, let I, me I'll see. bet he's 59 years old. Y'all keep talking. I'll, I'll say this. this. I about spit out my drink. I'm looking it up right yeah, now. I, 67 I, is how old they looked. Remember the old, uh, y'all can all eat the- a bag of dicks. He's 64. I was close. Oh, 64. Better. I was thinking WrestleMania when they had the NWO and him there. Those guys all look sixty-seven. Hey, and congrats for you, man! I was right there. Yeah, I was. It was close. But either way, like, how much does a sixty-four-year-old have at this point? That's a bravo to him. Last year we were watching him on a pay-per-view, and he was going through tables. Yeah, like you, you don't need to do that, pal. No, I appreciate your contributions, but it's time to remember when he was in WWE. He left because he broke his neck, and then how did he all of a sudden? Get rid of that broken neck. Sad uh, broken neck. So, do you know how old uh, Vince McMahon is? He's He's got to be pushing 80. 
So he's not that much older than Sting. And Sting's out there jumping through the ring and stuff. But Vince is getting up there. And I, I think Vince is going to die because they're pulling him out of having like a lot of control over his product now. There's the no way. On the wall. He's 78. 78. Yeah. Hey, you're, 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 you're spot on. <laughs> uh, but you sound 78 now. Bro. Yeah. Bro. What I was going to say with Vince is whenever he went to that mustache, you might as well be dead. He looked like evil Walt Disney. Yeah. Yeah, he did. I'll say two things. One, it'll be interesting to see which direction it goes in with WWE now that it's Endeavor. I agree. I think that Vince is one of those guys that once he's out of the picture, he will slowly die. Two, Steph's been hot for like 25 years. And I ain't changing anytime Steph. soon. We all love Steph. He just wanted to say that. Had to get that off his chest. Wow. wow. Triple H. Say he fumbled the bag, but he made millions being married. La- last wrestling question. You had something about Bret Hart you wanted to talk about. All right, so I got to pull this up. All right, so Bret Hart, you know, the excellence of execution. You know, he's uh, he's the best really, there is. The best there was. The, the best, best there ever will be. You know, he does have one of the best wrestling matches of all time with Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania. That That is a WrestleMania classic. 13. It is. That's an amazing match. Bret Hart, to me, too is both a hero in the industry and kind of a villain because after the Montreal screw job, salty. what did he do? He went on morning talk show TV and exposed the entire fucking industry. Yeah. He's uh he, he's, he's kind of uh, a hot button for a lot of people. Yeah. So recently in our wrestling group, there was a fan that went to one of the events with Bret Hart. I think it was the one close. It was in Ohio. Copy. Yeah. So in our wrestling group, Bret Hart signed this photo, okay? And here's what it says. I want you all to, I want your opinion on this. It says, fuck Bill Goldberg, shittiest wrestler who ever stepped in a ring. Bret, the hitman Hart. Do you know why he says that? No, oh, why does he? I mean, do you know why? All I know is that I've seen Bill Goldberg. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> So you know, you know, Chris Jericho used to call Goldberg Greenberg. Yeah, uh, I remember he, that. I, he basically just and he famously, I'm doing air quotes for those that can't see, beat Bill Goldberg in a backstage fight. If you didn't know that, like they were talking about like regular fight. Yeah, like they got in a, a Jericho a versus Goldberg. Pretty much the way Jericho will say it, though, he's like, "All I did was put him in a headlock." Oh, okay. but uh, he he, he he won. I'm doing my air quotes again. But anyway, the. Um, the thing with Goldberg and Bret Hart is they were having a match in WCW and he kicked him in the head and he like dislocated his skull, gave him a concussion, like it was like Kermit Washington, Rudy Tom Jonovich type injury. You know, so it ended his career. And, you know, he was still felt like he had, you know, tread left on the tires. And he just felt like Brett will say he never injured anybody. I was just gonna say, what is the thing that he is most fond of saying as far as his career? And he's most proud of. I don't, he never hurt anybody. I don't know if that's true or not, but he says it like it is, and I can't say I know any examples where he hurt anybody. So, like he was critical. We were talking about Sting with his broken neck. He was critical of Seth Rollins for powerbombing. He's like he's unsafe. He broke John Cena's nose. Yep. So he's kind of that salty old man. Get off my lawn. <laughs> so back to that post where he said that Bret Hart top comment was and Bret Hart is the most overrated wrestler there is was or ever will be change your diaper already crybaby and then good friend of the show Ashley Harper says agreed I was more entertained hanging out in a library as seeing him on TV so Bret Hart is a phenomenal in-ring technician 
He's got the charisma of a broom. Uh, he's he, the best thing about him is the look. Like he comes out with the wet hair. He's got the cool glasses, the pink tights, and he hands the glasses off to a kid. That's the highlight of a Bret Hart promo. The best thing he ever did when he was in WWF at the time was when he became heel. As a face, he was just vanilla and generic. If he was a wrestler now, you wouldn't even notice him. He would just blend in. He'd be great to watch in the ring, but that was it. And the the thing when he became a heel and he was the anti-American thing, it was great because you know how wrestling works. Just book an evil foreigner and people will boo them. But Brett was great in the ring, but his legacy is tarnished to me because he is so salty. He can't retire with grace. He can't ride off into the sunset. Bill Goldberg's like, I get it. I'm not a great technical wrestler, and I'm sorry for what happened to Brett, but like Brett's never going to let it go because he, he takes everything personal. And you want to talk about the epitome of someone keeping score? Bret Hart fucking keeps score. A hundred percent. You feel like Bill Goldberg's let it go. Bill, I mean, he's had to, and he's and he was not really a wrestling guy. He was a football guy, so it took him time. But now that he's been in the industry for over twenty years, he kind of knows it, so he's been able to let go. But the thing I'll say about Bret Hart, and then you guys can say whatever the hell you want. Bret Hart was in the the main guy. He was your main event superstar whenever WCW was kicking your ass. He was there when they were in the decline. So that's all you need to know about Bret Hart. Now, he did get over Stone Cold Steve Austin, who became the guy that was the biggest box office draw in the history of wrestling. So does he get credit for that? Maybe that balances out. But when it came time to him, he's like Triple H. Triple H is never great at being the guy, but he can work with top guys and does a great job. Sometimes you're not the guy, but you're the best guy at putting the guy that's going to be the face (laughs) over the top. I feel like Triple H, Bret Hart were both great in that respect. Bill Goldberg was on the Broken Skull co- podcast with uh, Stone Gold. Stunning Steve Austin. Stunning Steve. And uh, he, he was honest. He said, technically, I didn't know what I was doing in the ring. I got into the right position at the right time. And they even told him the first time he went in the ring, he needed to have a finishing move. The guy he was wrestling with, he wasn't sure what he was going to do. So as they were locked up, he said, hey, when you get in the corner, just make sure you tuck your chin. And that's when he speared him, and that became his that that was the jackhammer. There's a reason that when Goldberg has come back years later, his matches are three minutes long. It's not because Brock Lesnar can only go three minutes. It's We've because seen Bill that. Goldberg can only go three minutes. He's got no moves. You always know say about Hogan, he doesn't know a wristwatch from a, a wrist lock. Bill like, Goldberg really doesn't know. I feel like three minutes generous for Goldberg. It is. Remember when he was on that streak? It was like 90 seconds. It yeah. was a squash. Did we got another home run? Yeah, another Astros Man, the Astros home are run. up 9-3 Nine now. It's a route. It's back to 2-2, two, two, fellas. I'll say this. Having seen him in person. He's a big dude. The Giant up in the jackhammer. Oh, yeah. That Paul was White, amazing. Big show. Yeah. That's that back was amazing. His 500 pounds. I'm not saying he's not a strong dude, but I remember Kevin Nash saying, like, how are you going to put the title on this guy? How are you going to sell pay-per-views? He can't even have a 10-minute house show match. How are you going to put on a pay-per-view match? Yeah. Well, he wasn't great at cutting a promo either. He, he didn't have in. to. I get that. That's he okay. He breathed the smoke. He blew it out. <laughs> you know what he was? He was this era's version of the Ultimate Warrior. That's a great That's comparison. a great I, I've never heard anyone say that before. That's 100%. You nailed that. Yeah, and the fans are about the same. Like, they're divided. Like, people yeah. either love or hate him. Yeah, 100%. Damn, Biggie. You're dropping bombs in here. One-trick pony, baby. It oh just happened God. to fall into my brain and come out the mouth. 
Damn, son. <laughs> it's the opposite of having constipation of the All brain. Right. Yeah. Diarrhea of the mouth. All right, let's put a bow on this bad boy. I've had fun talking with you fellas tonight, but we still got NFL picks we got to get to on the other show. But uh, we did have some pop culture things that kind of came up. So, you know, we have our celebrity death pool going on, and I know that's the most morbid thing. Do we want to give a reminder for the listeners? So, Mr. Brown, who is your celebrity that you're ride or die with? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Michael J. Fox. Don't tell everybody what I just Michael did. Michael J. Fox. And Biggie, you had. <laughs> Good thing we're not on video. Uh, <laughs> he is like the guy who should do every electric razor commercial. Yeah. So um, messed up. <laughs> wow. I got Jack. I got Jack Nicholson. That one hurts me more than any of them. You got Jack Nicholson, and I told you you're son of a bitch for that one. Because son we of a bitch. We don't want that one to happen. I took Corey Feldman because I'm I'm the least uh, likely to feel sad if something happens there, and I just feel like if you ever watch him do music, it, it just seems like his life's not all yeah. together. I could also wrong. took Corey Feldman once because again. Chad thought, took the high road. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not emotionally uh, attached to. Yeah. Well, but you also thought he was already dead. You thought no, no, Corey you Hale. thought no. Who you are the all. other ones? Though? Who are the other ones? So I can't. Mongo had Dick Van Dyke, who we just yeah. saw at Disneyland. Who's never gonna die. Long, right? <laughs> He's gonna, He's going to live forever. You know, honorable mention, who did we kill? We mentioned them, and then they die the next day. A couple shows ago. Oh, Attila the Hun? No. Yeah, it was Attila the Hun. <laughs> I don't know. You I, know who I'm talking I, about. I don't, I don't know. You're, you're saying that, but I don't know. We, talk, uh, we it talked about it on the show because we did a reminder of this. We mentioned somebody. Oh, Cher. Cher died? No. no, she didn't. I don't know. Maybe what are you talking about? We killed somebody that night. We did. I, we'll have to go back and listen to the last couple episodes. I, I don't know. But speaking of celebrity deaths, that was all point. Miss Thighmaster herself, Suzanne Summers, Three's Company. Uh, if you're a '90s kid, you probably remember Step by Step. But you know, she was uh, famous for those. Those were early '90s and late '80s infomercials. I mean, great actress. She was hot before hot was hot. Yeah, like that that uh, whole show, Step by Step, she was the stepmom. Oh, God. Oh, let's go, son. I'm telling you, like, who don't love some Suzanne Somers? To me, I feel like she's a great piece of American history, and, and God rest her. I thought you were going somewhere else. The, the master was so big, it was parodied on a living collar in Saturday Night Live. Like, it was part of pop culture. It was, it was no different than Billy Mays and the ShamWow guy, like... For people that weren't old Chuck enough Morris to see it. Chuck Norris does the Total Gym. Suzanne Summers does the Thighmaster. Yeah, yeah that, right. that was it. Did you ever have a Thighmaster? Did you ever try to use one? No. No need. <laughs> Your thighs Apparently already you did. Nah, I guess oh. I didn't realize you had ironclad thighs there, Biggie. That's why his name is Biggie. That's impressive. Because <laughs> <laughs> of his thighs. His big thighs. Oh. <laughs> All right, so they're the, veiny. The other, the other celebrity... <laughs> Wow. All right, go ahead. The other celebrity that we lost was Burt Young, who played yeah. Polly in the Rocky movies. I can't tell you anything else that he ever did. He played the heavy to uh, Ronnie Dangerfield. Oh, and, yeah, uh, yeah. In uh, Back to School. Back yeah. to School. That nice. was a great movie. Yeah, that was really great. Other than that, I don't remember him. I know he did some other stuff, but that's where I remember him. I don't even like, if, if, Chad, if, if your moment of history on Wikipedia, whatever you want to say, is that you're the dude from Rocky movies. You're going to be happy with that. Oh, I'm not hating on him. I'm just saying, like, that's. I don't mean to discredit him. He could have been on 
a Tony award-winning performance for all I know, but I never saw it. I just associate him with Paul. No, I agree. And and someone brought it up, I think it was you, but like back in those originals, oh, he was in his 30s. He's like 34. And we thought he was like 50. And I got down the rabbit hole in this looking at people. And it, it's just the way it was. In years gone by, people aged a lot quicker. Like, go look up Ray Nitschke when he played for the Green Bay Packers. He looks like he could be a senator or, or like a retired Army sergeant or general. It's insane. There's a dude that played ball in the 70s in the NBA, which is absolutely ripped, but he was bald. Halfway back at like 27. I just posted that. Yeah, who, who was, was that? It? Thurman? No, that was uh, Nate no, Thurman. It was Nate, Nate, Nate Thurman. Thurman. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. Nate Thurman looked like somebody's dad when he turned 16. So, Bro. Paulie was like oh, an wow. early version of like Dennis Franz. <laughs> Jason Alexander. <laughs> NYPD Blue. Oh, no. Oh, nobody knows who that is anymore, yeah. but that's okay. Uh, so, the, the other one that I got was Biggie has this historical thing with us where he mentioned why he tittled 20 years ago and nobody knows what that is. Why he tittles another one just looked like somebody's dad out there playing football. He could he sling that 65. ball. <laughs> it's ridiculous. You want to know why, why he tittles a thing? ESPN used to have those commercials in the 90s. Oh, uh, sports right. commercials, but then they'd have them advertising different guys and they had this little grandmother thing and he'd go, why a tittle? We're all sitting there watching it. Nobody goes who it is. And I'm like, dude, why a tittle? Play quarterback for the Giants in 50s and, and everybody's 60s. just looking at you no. like, why is Biggie shouting this no, nonsense? To be fair, we were all like 17 and we are all baked. Yeah, that probably had something to do with it. <laughs> and we were like, wait, what's that? Biggie just invented a no, new language. He literally did that as a 17-year-old kid. And we're all like, wait, what just happened? Does that surprise you out of Biggie, though? No, he's, he's like a... Uh, he is him. He's a paradox. He's my paragon of virtue. Yes, I love I'm telling you. Like he's one. He's a unicorn. I love you too, buddy. When you Thank think you, about it, he's a unicorn. He's our unicorn. Yes. He's a Pegasus. Damn it! America, Put some wings on him, America. You need to know about Canadian Biggie. <laughs> we need more Canadian Biggies in America. Because America, you need him right now. You do. He's a unicorn with all kinds of knowledge, and he's a badass. Beep. <laughs> How do you feel with all this uh, love coming your way? I feel as though the next thing that's going to get said is that I'm not the hero you deserve. I'm the hero you need. That's exactly right. Amen, brother. With that, I think that wraps up our show. We will head over and do our NFL picks, and we will have a blast doing that. Make sure you check out that episode. And before we let you go, Mr. Brown has a giveaway in our NFL's Life Facebook group. It's a Michael Vick jersey. All you got to do is subscribe to the podcast and show us. Is that over? Are we still doing it? So here's what's going to happen. Next Thursday – I'm going to do it live. So you got time. You got time. The first ever Facebook Live and NFL's Life Group, now over 100,000. We're going live for the first time, and we're going to see what happens. Anything. There's there's some crazy people in there. We all know it's not like the baseball group where we're family. And guess what? We're going to see what happens. But you have one more chance to enter this jersey giveaway from Michael Jick. Michael Vick, sorry. And it says Redemption with his autograph. And we've already got over 115 names in there. It's growing like wildfire. So tell your friends, tell your family, tell everybody. Subscribe to the We Don't Know Sports podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on social media. Listen to those ads earlier. Help support our sponsors. We will see you next week. Have a wonderful weekend. Mr. Brown, Canadian Biggie, don't fall off the bridge at Bridge Day. I hope to see you all next Thursday. Everyone have a great weekend. And... 
Bye-bye.